At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is 731 Mountain Time on January 9th, 2022. That means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host down there in Atlanta, Georgia, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. Happy Thursday or happy pre-Friday, if we will. Yeah, pre-Friday. You know, this it sounds like the beginning of the weekend to me. So yeah. we'll kick off the the, the Thursday weekend with, uh, with little Broncos for breakfast today. What's been going on? What's changed since we last chatted? You know, no, we, we've talked since then, obviously, but what, yeah. you know, there's been some, there's been some big Broncos news hit the, uh, hit the newswire since we were last, since you and I were last together on, uh, on the show on Tuesday morning. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Broncos now officially have an owner uh, and all the information that's trickling out about that. Um, personally speaking, I am happy that we have some finality on that. Now the questions are, you know, what is the owner going to do? Is it going to build a new stadium, new uniforms, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but all in all, I would say it worked out about as well as could be humanly possible, uh, all things considered. So excited for that and uh, excited to learn more about Rob Walton and everybody that he's bringing along to Bronco land. Yeah, and as Dale says, uh, you know, the situation is 95% certain, still need other, still need at least 24 owners to ratify it. I'd say that's 99.99 infinity certain. Uh, mm-hmm. If it wasn't going to go through, if they didn't already have the blessing, they take the straw p- poll beforehand and they probably got 31 other owners already on board. So uh, it, it's just a matter of, you know, don't don't lose it in the fax machine or whatever. It's just a matter of the signatures and stuff. It's a formality at this point. So I wouldn't even yeah. say five percent that it could go wrong. It's it's uh it's one in a million Lloyd Christmas style here. So it's 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 about as certain as it can be right now. Yeah, essentially an an inevitability. Uh, so excited to see how it all plays out. And man, what an off season for the Denver Broncos. I mean, you could have told me six months ago, yeah, the Broncos this offseason, they're going to be owned by Walmart. Uh, they're going to get Russell Wilson, and they're going to have a goofball, very endearing of a head coach. And I'd be like, well, where do I sign? Um, what? How much of my soul do you want? Okay, sounds good. Because we've gone through the last seven years. I know Scott will roll his eyes at this, and rightfully so, because Broncos country, we've been overall pretty blessed. But the last seven years have been pretty painful, especially when you have a level of expectation uh, that the Broncos country has had a pretty big fall from grace. We obviously, the, we, the Broncos lost their streak where they didn't have back-to-back losing season since I think it was like 1961 uh, over the last seven years. They lost their Monday night football streak this last off season uh, firing of, you know, what, what have we had 
four different head coaches since 2017. Uh, so everything should be getting better. And uh, thank you for everybody who's been along for the ride the last few years. Pretty much we've been, me, a part of this network has only been in the down years. So excited to see what it looks like when things are positive and rolling in Broncos country. To quote the great Billy Ray Valentine from Trading Places, the best way to hurt rich people is to make them poor people. Y'all are a rich franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're living high on the hog. You don't know how bad it can be. And once you realize how bad it can be, it sucks. Yeah. You get used to the sucking when you've sucked yeah. forever. But when you're up there for a while, it hurts to be down there. And man, you don't you don't want to be down there anymore. And and the fact that the Denver Broncos are who they are and who and who they have been, and you've got you know faces of the franchise across almost two different generations to a certain extent with Peyton Manning and uh, and and John Elway, it, it helps you do stuff like this. You come out when you come out from the dregs. You come out bigger and better than just the Carolina Panthers who were the last record sales or the Jacksonville Jaguars who also have, you know, a rich owner, but can't get out of their own way. You know, this is, this is an alpha franchise and yeah. this is how you come out of it. So it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, absolutely. Is it will be a very fun ride. And you kind of touched on something. I'm curious your thoughts on this as a, I wouldn't call you an outsider, but you know, not somebody who grew up uh, pulling for the Denver Broncos. I've tried to put that in a box. It's hard. Sometimes uh, you don't, you're not pulling for the team to be the, least biased analyst possible. Uh, But do you think there is anything to the allure of the Denver Broncos that made it that Rob Walton wanted this franchise? Obviously you jump on what's available when it is, but Mm -hmm. there's been a few teams that have exchanged hands over the last, you know, decade. And uh, this is the team that broke the record. This is one that had a lot of interest and somebody like Rob Walton, who is seven times richer than the next richest owner in the NFL wanted to jump on this one. What is it in your thoughts about the Denver Broncos specifically as an organization that would be so enticing. I, I think the timing is a, is a big one, honestly, yeah. Nick. The, the, you know, do you want to get into this billionaire boys club, an exclusive club? You know, this is a, a, a discussion that Nick and or, uh, Zach and I have had, and Zach's had on the show before. It's like, you know, what's, a, what's motivating a guy like, you know, Walton, who's got more money that's just unfathomable. It's to be able to pick up things that no one else can. That's what, is the allure and then to turn it into something more. So the timing on it, his age, the availability, uh, would he do this same deal with say the Houston Texans, the Detroit lions? Maybe. Um, I also think, you know, with the kind of money that he has, he probably could have talked someone into, Hey, Arthur blank, you want to take the Falcons? I'll give you 10 billion for it. Um, that, but the, the fact that this franchise became available, uh, with this fan base and this history, and there's no real regional rivals. I mean, the, the Denver Broncos have an area to themselves mm-hmm. uh, with the history and all those type of things that it would prompt someone like a Rob Walton who can buy anything he wants to two times, three times over to get off the bench and say, that's when I want to get in. That's where I want to be. I don't want to just have a franchise. I want to have the franchise and there's a couple of teams there's six to ten teams maybe that could fit in that profile and the rest are also just kind of nfl franchises which again is a very exclusive club but you're not in the upper tier of the nfl history so to speak yeah yeah and uh, one big thing that i keep coming back to also is uh 
location, location, location. I mean, property in Denver is very valuable and there's a big chunk of land out there near DIA uh, that I think this Walton family is going to gobble up and turn into a sports conglomerate behemoth real estate uh, monster that they're going to make a good bit of money on. I don't think for Rob Walton, it is about the money for owning this team. You talked about the exclusive, the exclusivity of mm-hmm. the club and you know, how many people actually own teams to be in that. Um, I think it's more about that for him considering the profit margins he gets from Walmart in comparison. Uh, but still it's a, like you mentioned, a pre- premier franchise right now. I, pro- I did you ever play NCAA football on the video games? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I lived in recruiting mode naturally. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I figured as much. Um, so I, right I now the Broncos... one game, I'm like, okay, I got my team. Now I want to go recruit again. Yep. Build a monster. Yeah, I would uh, create prospects and have them all be from Iowa City so they'd go to Iowa. But uh, (laughs) Dave Glass, I guess not prospects, but uh, recruits. But Dave Glassman coming in with the stars this morning. Good morning to you, Dave. Hope you're doing well. And uh, let's say hello to some people in here. Jeremy's in the house. Good morning, gents. I stole Ethan's line. That's okay. Uh, We got Big Gee Bronco also in here saying good morning, Scott and Nick. Good morning to you. Ethan's in the house. Good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Also, Dale's in the house. Dale Fleming, morning, Broncos country. Awesome. Mark Hoynack. You're doing okay, Dale. Good. Uh, hello to Dale. And his uh, looks like he's got a picture with his wife. Departed so. wife who passed away this week. So, uh, Holy cow. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick might not have been on. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're with you, Dale. Make sure you tune in tonight, Dale. I know you, you probably will. But make sure you're on the, the Huddle Up pod tonight. We'll, we, uh, we've talked to Chad. There's, uh, uh, along with Ethan, the DWI guys, and Chad and the MHH crew, we uh, want to make sure you're there tonight, okay? Wow, I'm very sorry to hear that. Hear that, Dale. I did not know. Um, thinking about you and your family. God, hopefully we can offer you a little bit of a reprise here. Um, God, um, Mark Hoynack in here. Good morning, all. D- uh, Dale, please try to hang in there. Yep, like as he said, please try to hang in there. Um, EJ saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Broncos finally have a new owner. Yep, there's a white smoke uh, raising from the uh, <laughs> valley. Actually, it's blue smoke. Right. And it's a uh, half priced, but no, thank you. Uh, good morning to you, EJ. Uh, Dale comes in also says, thank you, Mark. I'm doing what I can have a great sport and around me, including Broncos country on MHH. Well, that's awesome to hear Dale. Um, again, really massive condolences. Um, Deandre Weatherspoon in the house too, saying good morning, guys. Can't wait to get the season started. Let's ride. Absolutely. God, I cannot wait. Also, um, we have Luke Wrights in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott, Rob Bucksbaum. Good morning from Nashville, Nick and Scott. My favorite MHH team. Well, thank you very much, Rob, and uh, say hello to Nashville, Scott. How many you've been to Nashville? Plenty of times. Oh yeah, right? yeah. I uh, I've been there a few times. I've been in Knoxville. I spent more time like out and about socially in in Knoxville. Most of the time, I went up to Nashville recently. It's been to work. So I'm in a hotel. I go to work. I go back to the hotel. I go home. So, um, but Nashville is a good town. Uh, I, I like the cities in, in the big cities in Tennessee because the river runs right through the middle of them. Yeah, which is which is just cool. You know, you yeah. go out and party on the river is a, a fun time. Yeah, and it's a lot nicer than the uh, the Mississippi River uh, in the Quad Cities where I grew up. You don't really want to be partying too much on that, all the uh, agricultural runoff. Also, it's a little dangerous. But uh, coming in, speaking of dangerous, Mark Schrader coming in with the support on Facebook. Mark, I think you came in late last night after we had closed up shop. on Mark from Georgia who had come oh, in that, okay. we, that we missed. Mark from Georgia came in strong last night with the, with the, uh, the YouTube support. Um, Mark, we did Mark's see Mark always, from Georgia. Mark's always with us with the stars, always. Yes. No, we did see Mark from Georgia yesterday. I thought you were talking about Mark Schrader. Uh, the, Mark the other Mark. Texas. 
Yes, Mark from Texas. I hope you're doing well, Mark. I'm glad you could join us this morning. Mark messaged me after uh, Tuesday morning as I was dropping the car off at the mechanic saying, ah, just missed you. Sorry, Mark. Uh, sometimes gotta be a little, we got to be a little flexible here, but that's one of the nice things about this gig. Um, CC's in the house, too. Rocking a new picture there. Uh, morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, CC. Greg Smith, aloha, buddy. Uh, good morning for Broncos for breakfast. A little skillet with the over easy eggs. Scott, how do you have your eggs? Sunny side up. That's my guy. Awesome. Anything else on them or just plain? Salt and pepper? I actually <laughs> I put a little pepper on them, but I actually okay. eat the I eat things one at a time. I don't know why it's like a process for me. I eat the the whites and then I scoop up the yolk in one in just one time. You eat the yolk in one? Yeah. My fa- I did that. I do that too. My family <laughs> makes fun of me because it's the most grotesque thing. It's like I don't want to get it all over unless I have like hash browns where the yolk is like delicious to soak it up in. Yeah, but no, but I, uh, I I I'm a process eater. Eating to me is like I love food. I'm not a foodie. Just make sure I it's decent and I've got plenty of it. So I'm like, if you have a round plate like this with four things on it finish spin finish spin <laughs> finish spin he's a machine so uh, the uh the the sunny side up to me is just you know i gotta gotta do it one at a time i gotta eat the outside first yeah yep i will say if you have something to soak up the yolk though it's pretty good um but oh yeah I'm some buttered toast mm. yes yeah. or, yep, or something along those lines yeah okay now i'm hungry thanks yeah, y'all me too. God. um tanyan coming in here saying good morning good afternoon Broncos country from the uk hey out there with uh out there with ethan uh let us know where in the uk you are if you want tanya um agree with rob you guys are definitely the best mhh team well thank you very much tanya that's really nice of you to say we got gary leeds palmer too saying good morning nick and scott it's a great day in broncos country all things are possible now anything is possible thank you so much gary leeds palmer it's good to see you and i uh, hope you're doing well also we didn't get a chance to say hello to dom uh last night uh he came in multiple times saying hello in comments and i kept trying to get to it and we just never did so dom wanted to say hello to you today i saw you yesterday Hello. And he says, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Jeremy Bales in here too. Good morning, Broncos country. I think it's the, uh, what is it? Apocalypse now. Uh, good morning there. is uh good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. But, but what's that from? That's the movie. Good morning. Oh, Vietnam. The movie is good morning. Vietnam. Yeah, the movie okay. is good morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams. Adrian Cronauer. Okay. Yes. Jeremy, where are you, bud? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I can speak faster than than we can type, and before it hits the uh, before it hits this, but that's that's the departed Robin Williams in one of his great mm-hmm. roles that helped several one of several that showed he wasn't just you know Mork from Ork, but he was really a, a dramatic, uh, incredible actor, and yeah. uh, he is missed. <sighs> yep, but he's also uh, what's the word? Not invincible, but live on forever. When you put out that much content, and whatnot, you know he's he's always going to be a part of history. So uh, I guess we will, too, because this is always going to be out there in the, <laughs> the ether. But I don't know if I want this being dug up and remembered. Uh, Roy Osborne coming in. Good morning, Nick and uh, Scott and Nick. I uh, wonder what Rob Walton has in store for the Broncos. Do you have any thoughts of this guy? Obviously, you've been listening in the background and reading. Uh, what's the big first thing you're looking for uh, from Rob, Rob Walton now that he's been announced the owner? I don't expect there to be, you know, big overarching changes. You've got your the big changes. The most visible changes have happened. New coach, general manager, new quarterback. Now let's go win. You know, yeah. it's uh, you've got a built-in fan base that's going to be excited. You've got a revenue stream that's already there. It's not like you have to. Oh, we need to get people back in the stands by dramatically lowering prices in order to get people excited about this game. People are excited. This is a ready-made product. Yeah. Now, does he really want a retractable roof stadium in Denver? Okay, you know we've talked about all of the stuff and all of the land. 
if that comes out and I wouldn't expect that to come out anytime soon, this is, you know, let's, let's, let's focus on the business of football right now. But if he's got a retractable roof stadium coming in, that would be the biggest thing I could possibly see happening. Yeah, uh, definitely possible. Uh, I would, I'm hoping for new uniforms personally, as well as lame as that is. And as as aesthetically pleasing that is, um, I'd be leaning for the new uniforms. That's one reason I'm kind of holding off on the uh, Russell Wilson uniform as well. If they have a new unveiling next season, uh, you bet your butt I'd be getting one of those guys. Uh, but uh, we got Miguel coming in. I feel like Miguel used to come in on YouTube and now he's on Facebook. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, no, you're the you're, other way around. He uh, he's always been on Facebook, but he came in on YouTube this week. So I'm like, OK, double dipping on here. But Miguel <clears throat> throwing support on both sides of the fence. Mm. And we appreciate it, Miguel. Yeah. Good morning, fellas. I know how much money Rob has, but do you really think him and his group will start throwing money and resources right out of the gate of the stadium and new facilities? I think it's going to come over the next 10 years right away. Maybe not. He might, I think he might be a little bit more focused on uh, building his residential compound and area there. They bought a bunch of land in Cherry Creek, I believe. And they're going to be building some sort of Walton land facility for their family and whatnot to come out there, multiple residential areas. After that, it'll be the Broncos uh, area. I don't know the specifics of their facilities. I, (laughs) I honestly pay more attention to the facility arms race. That is college football. Um, at least it has been, we'll see how that changes now that they can actually throw money. Uh, I guess the they've always been throwing money, but now <laughs> they can legally throw money at the players, but, uh, we'll be, we'll be interesting. Did you see James Franklin's tirade yesterday. Speaking of NIL, I didn't, I have, okay. he went, he went kind of bonkers on the media saying, uh, how do you expect us to compete with, uh, the likes of Ohio state, Michigan, uh, et cetera, et cetera. When those teams are, have a lot more money, uh, in terms of NIL, than we do. So he, I, I don't like James Franklin. I don't know if there's any Penn state people in here, but uh, he's always, I, uh, I love way. James Franklin. I you do. Uh, okay. I think right. he was desperately needed in the big 10 because the big 10 was freaking soft. The big 10 was soft, lazy and entitled and had these guys collecting $5 billion pay million dollar paychecks and not having to work. Yeah. You know, they're coming in and complaining about urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is recruiting too hard. He's coming in recruiting our commitments. We had a gentleman's agreement not to do that, man, piss off, earn yeah. your money. And then Brett Belima, who comes in and says, no, I, he's recruiting chart, goes to the SEC. Are you joking? Yeah, you guys needed a dose of James Franklin in the Big Ten. He was good for your conference. Whether I believe you like that. him or not, you needed him. Yeah, yeah. You were soft, entitled, and lazy. Yeah. How dare you call Kirk Ferentz lazy? <laughs> <laughs> we do things different in Iowa. No, um, it was interesting to hear him say that. Um, I guess my James Franklin issue is that uh, he had a uh, – Seems pretty obvious um, that he was having his players uh, take to the turf when I was having momentum and then uh, getting injury timeouts, which is pretty annoying, um, but uh, is what it is. Uh, but Miguel, thank you so much uh, for coming in. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. And a nice new uh, profile picture there over on Facebook as well. James is in the house. Good morning to you, Mandango Dan. Good to see you. I don't recognize this name. Uh, Bick Mitchum saying good morning, Broncos from uh, South Carolina. Good to see you, Bick. Hope you're doing well. And uh, Colin Woods in the house, too. Good to see you, Colin. Biggie Bronco. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, we have a conversation today was going to be surrounding Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon recently had a quick little interview with uh, Mike Kliss, and we are in the uh, slow trickle of the offseason right now. So we're, you know, grasping for what we can find. And I thought this Melvin Gordon conversation was interesting because a lot of stuff has been made about his annual absence uh, in the OT and voluntary uh, OTAs and voluntary mm-hmm. mini camp and whatnot. 
but Melvin Gordon officially stating that uh, assuming everything goes well, um, he will be back for uh, mandatory mini camp. And I uh, said that <laughs> I enjoy this one. He said, hell yeah, I'll be there. I'm not getting fined. So uh, <laughs> very smart, Melvin Gordon, um, using that uh, Wisconsin degree uh, up to the max um, and uh, going to be back for voluntary minicamp uh, when that kicks off here. So any thoughts on that, Scott? Is this a non-news? I mean, we're obviously it's that time of year, but uh, he is going to be back, which is great. I mean, it's it's it wasn't something different. You know, I know he clamored yeah. to come back. He probably took less money to come back um, than he could have gotten on a one year deal somewhere else because this was a better situation for him. And he's made plenty of money. But I would have, I know he's never come. I would have liked to have seen him come in also, you know, bond with the group, new coaching staff, all this stuff. He didn't have to, and he never has. So I don't think it's a big deal. Would I have liked to have seen him there? Yeah, I would have. But he's a veteran who has never done that. He hasn't had a problem with injuries for the most part in his career. It's a non-contact thing. Again, how complicated is it for a running back in this offense? You know, despite you hear that is, hey, we have to be wide receivers now too. So maybe it is. But I, I I don't doubt that he's going to be ready come September, which is what really matters. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't really. We can make a bunch about him missing voluntary mini camp and OTAs and all of that, but for the most part, he's been healthy and he's been good. Um, we can get upset about the fumbles and rightfully so. Um, but uh, the big thing is that he has been able to stay healthy and be available. Um, it hasn't really bothered his production he hasn't come out of the gate slow or anything like that also so um biggest question for me will be this offense um and how much he's able to grasp that especially because as tim patrick said which again i keep coming back to this point but it is it makes it adds even more variance um and volatility uh, to what this offseason and this offense can be they are trying to mishmash and combine the russell wilson offense whatever that means I that, 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 that whole discussion doesn't make a ton of sense to me i mean russell wilson's not an offensive coordinator is it yeah. is it okay? Let's let's figure out what Russ does best with what we normally want to do. That makes sense. But the the the, the idea, the discussion that we're taking Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson doesn't have an offense. I don't. Yeah, I, I want to come back to this at some point. Um, I get it, but I I think yeah. it just sounds lazy. I really do. Yeah, I I do think that um, there is something to that. Uh, people who are smarter than myself when it comes to scheme, uh, specifically. It, podcast that doesn't exist anymore because uh, Deontay Lee was scooped up by the athletic. Um, but pro football focus had a really good in-depth uh, scheme uh, podcast called the, the gosh, was it the too deep podcast too high? I think it was the too high podcast um, with Seth Galina and Deontay Lee. And they talked about this Russell Wilson trade when it immediately happened. And one of the big conversations surrounding Russell Wilson was that no matter what offensive coordinator they bring in, the offense eventually devolves into the same thing as what Russell Wilson wants to do, where it's a lot of uh, ad lib play outside the pocket and deep shots when deep shots are not necessarily needed. Um, and that's something Broncos country. It's going to be a little bit uh, funny this year to see if there is a big switch because everybody getting upset last year with uh, Tr Teddy Bridgewater and uh, throwing short of the sticks on third down. Well, it's going to be the opposite. Uh, if Russell Wilson's historical data uh, does carry over where let's say you have two yards to, Oh, all you need is two yards for the first down. Russell Wilson's throwing at 40, you know, like that kind of thing where you'll <laughs> see it this year. I think the statistic is called Alex, um, which is like average yards beyond the first down sticks on third down. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> was bottom five last year. And this year, uh, Russell Wilson was so far and away. Number one, it wasn't even close. He was in his own category. So 
we'll be interesting to see what it looks like this year. Maybe we'll get uh, Seth Galina or Deontay Lee on at some point to kind of break down some of the offense. But that comment stuck out to me. It's that these offenses always devolve into the same thing, no matter what the tenants and the principles are uh, for Russell Wilson. He's got the ball in his hands every snap. Yeah. I could say that about a lot of quarterbacks, Nick. I really could. You mean it ends up being, you know, when there's pressure and and, and ad-lib plays, it ends up evolving or devolving into what the quarterback does best. No kidding. You know, I, I, that's, that's one, that's one thing. So, but you still have the parameters of an offense. Okay. You still have this, and then you can tailor that to your style of play for what your guy does best. And then plays are going to break down. What does he do when he ad libs? His default is to get greedy is to get greedy, not to check it down and look and see who's closest to him, but to get greedy. He scans deep. Okay, that's my default. But, you know, to say the Russell Wilson offense, you know, that's, what is that? You know, schoolyard, you know, drawing plays in the dirt. He, he's not a coordinator. He doesn't have an offense. He does yeah. certain things well, and he defaults to certain tendencies when he's under pressure. But, you know, they're not saying, okay, coach, this is this is how we do things. You know, No, that's, that's yeah. not happening. And uh, one benefit I will say that we have with uh, Broncos country here with Russell Wilson coming over this season, running this kind of Kyle Shanahan esque uh, West coast offense is that that's what the Seahawks brought in last year uh, with, I cannot remember who they hired over. I think it was the former passing game coordinator with the, uh, the 49ers over there to be the offensive coordinator with Seattle. So some of the terminology and whatnot should work, but again, um, Quote from Tim Patrick, they're combining what Hackett wants to do and what Russell Wilson wants to do to make an offense that's never been seen before. So coming back full circle, the volatility of what does that look like? And uh, we'll see. I mean, we're going to find out. I'm really curious. I think the RPO game, honestly, could be really big for Russell Wilson. That's something Mm -hmm. that we have not seen um, utilized with him so much so far in Seattle, where it was a massive, massive part of the Packers offense this last year. They did use a lot of dagger routes, which Russell Wilson historically does not throw um that many of that that type of route but uh we'll see how it carries over it's again i, I want to be a little r and a giant p in the rpo you know you you don't want your quarterback running very often no. you know the, the the run pass option most of the time i want it to be a pass you know unless it's you know the rpo is the the, the running back the read with the running back yeah, yeah. i always yeah, think that i always still think of rpo is giving the quarterback the option you know, like a rollout, like a bootleg, yeah. you know, that type of thing. But, you know, yeah, making the read, close it down, certain amount of option. But I don't want – I want my quarterback taking as little hits as possible. And Mark coming with the big stars again. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Uh, he says, sounds like Melvin is beginning with Russ to learn some of the offense. Yeah, I don't – Melvin's a professional. I don't have any doubt that he's going to be ready for September. Uh, would I have liked to have seen him set an example for some of the younger guys and be in there? Yes, I would. Uh, am I going to make a big deal out of it? No, I'm not. Yeah, no, it's it's not a big deal. It's more of a talking point right now and uh, excited to see what Gordon can do. And you do. I mean, you remember this offseason before they brought back Melvin Gordon. I was banging the table that uh, they needed to bring in another running back to make this offense function uh, and to not rely so much on Javante Williams with how much this team is probably going to run the ball and use the running backs by volume this season. So we'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for Gordon this season. Excited that. Uh, Needs to obviously protect the football, but uh, there should be way more red zone opportunities for Gordon to take advantage of. And he's been one of the best red zone running backs in football uh, over his career. Truly, he's got a nose for the end zone. So we'll be interesting to see. Ethan. I like like this comment from Ethan says, Merlot needs to breathe for a few months after opening. So give him a break. 
Yeah, and uh, and tell it like it is comes in and says, I hope they don't change the blue and the uniforms to Walmart blue. The Walmart stuff, I don't know how much we'll even notice it. You know, I mean, if it comes in, you know, I'll, I'll, College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. If it ends up being Walmart Stadium, I'll be shocked. Okay, Scott, you were wrong on this. I don't think there's going to be hardly any Walmart influence other than where the funds were amassed through the course of the last decade that helped pay for this team. I just, I just, I don't see it. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't trickle over like that very often. I mean, I, I don't know how much, you know, Arthur Blank, to use an example, got his money from Home Depot. I don't see Home Depot anywhere. Hardly it, uh, you know, in, in there's subtle things, but not changing the scheme of the colors or, you know, let's go, let's go full international football. And we're going to have Walmart across the chest as our kit sponsors. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to say hello again to uh, Tanya saying, hi guys, I'm North UK, just outside of Leeds, John <laughs> snow country for the game of Thrones fans, not John snow in the, uh, the epide- epidemiology fans there. What's up, Tanya? The John, there was originally a John Snow who's the father of uh, epidemiology. And he, oh my gosh, this is really embarrassing. I can't remember. There was a disease that was breaking out and he locked the uh, water pumps um, to make sure like, I think this is what's doing it. Like, oh, don't lock the water pumps. We think it's coming from the air. Nope, it's coming from the water. Locked it I'm and then watching, the disease uh, dropped off. I'm watching The Last Warrior right now. I'm in the second season and enjoying it. And they're uh, they're up in that neck of the woods too, I think, doing doing some doing the business over there. So uh Leeds, good football. They uh they were they were fun to watch play this past year. They were again, you're they might not have won, but if you're watching Leeds, you weren't gonna be bored. They were one of those no. old Loyola Marymount type teams where they were running and gunning. Good times. I, I like to play with Leeds on uh, FIFA back in the day. Also like to play with uh Deary. Um some of the smaller teams I'd build up. But uh Travis coming in, not not too small, but uh, Travis coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos Country. We all know how Gordon always misses OTAs. But having a new head coach, coach uh, coaching staff, quarterback playbook it would have been good to have them both there. And some information here that also came out in this interview with Mike Kliss is that uh, Gordon has been um, getting together with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, quote, I, I've been getting together with Russ to go over the playbook pretty consistently. I've been getting to rather getting together around 630s on Sunday to, to go through the plays. So uh, it does sound like it's going to be OK uh, for Gordon, obviously going through it virtually is not the same as going through it together, you know, physically in practice, but uh, it's not, he's not going to come in and not know anything. And he's also not, you know, a first time player or a first year on his contract. He's been around the block. He's seen a few things. Um, it's not like things are going to totally change for him. He's also running a variance of offensive schemes, you know, outside zone, inside zone gap, et cetera. He's seen it all with the chargers, with the badgers as well. And, and with the Broncos. So uh, should be good here. Uh, speaking of good, Jacob Foster, the silent one coming in. Hello to you, Jacob. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Happy Thursday to you, Friday, Junior. Uh, we're almost there. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully, I see people building an arc out there right now with me. It's going to rain heavily here. It's supposed to be a Category 5 atmospheric river, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> Yikes. We've been making up names of meteorology these days. I swear we're changing football terminology just so people can have something else to talk about. 
are they doing the same in meteorology now too for goodness sakes jacob thank you so much and we're at the 30 minute mark i think that's a decent time to uh to update i wanted to show because there's been a lot of movement we don't do this very often on this show uh been a lot of movement in the uh in the youtube uh rankings for our top supporters on youtube uh super chats and Pobby is in the number one spot. Pobby is a longtime supporter, has been coming in huge this week. So this is for June. And based on the uh, exchange rate, those two numbers could switch at one and two with Pobby and, and Ethan there. Uh, Michaela is right there. Well, now I know who's back in number one for sure uh, with Ethan coming in with the 50 pounds. Ethan, let me make a change. You're back up. We're going to hit this one. We'll go here. And I'll move here. And this is updated live. That goes that way. And there we go. Updated live. Back in the number one spot. Uh, but Michael, big supporter of their show coming in. Sam, Mark from Georgia came in late last night. Some some guys moving up. And uh, if you remember correctly, the reward, the thank you, I don't even want to say a prize, raffle, or anything like that. But the thank you from us at MHH is uh, a VIP lodging experience, etc. Uh, at the meet and greet in September for, uh, for the, uh, the, the home game. So, uh, appreciate everybody and all of your, um, support here. It's a, it's a huge help to us, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, being a big help here, um, Ethan coming in, uh, Merlo is a backup and a vet. He's fine. Let breathe. Um, so <laughs> I guess Merlo is the new name for Melvin. Um, Let's pick on I don't Melvin. know where that came from. That's an old name. I've heard him called that a lot. So there, there's there's a story behind that one that I don't um, know. He got arrested uh, from a – he had a DWI charge, <laughs> I think, um, or got pulled over in Denver, and he was coming from a uh, wine-drinking thing or had been drinking wine. Um, and I think specifically uh, Merlot was mentioned. So, uh, Oh, God. The sideways, I think, just about killed the Merlot market uh, with Paul Giamatti. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. The line and how he delivers the line, I'm not drinking any effing Merlot, was just classic. Just tanked the Merlot market on that. So uh, really, it, it was like, I mean, like, seriously, on a line, Merlot sales nationwide, boom. It's like yep. almost what uh, Rain Man did to Kmart. Yep. And uh, Dr. XOXO, Mr. X, and Dr. Science coming with the super sticker, $2. Thank you so much. And also Jeremy uh, correcting me here. It's Toyin, Nick. Yep, uh, Toyin, excuse me. Um, I haven't had enough coffee to see straight yet this morning, so uh, hopefully we'll get that going here pretty soon. But uh, back to the running backs here. We got uh, Trevor. Also, Trevor said good morning. Um, Nick and Scott, have we seen um, a lot of throwing to guys in camp so far? Question, what is the biggest difference you guys have noticed from Teddy and Locke to the past of Russ now and compared to with QBs that we have had? Thanks, guys. I mean, what Scott and I are getting right now are the highlights that the Broncos want you to see. So I'm not taking too much away from it until, honestly, until we have preseason games where they're going up against teams that are running concepts and what that uh, they don't know what's coming and uh, a little bit more game-like uh, scenarios. So um, what are the big things we're seeing? I think the biggest thing is that, you know, who the quarterback is. <laughs> there's no question. There's no splitting reps. There's no who's winning the day. Everybody's winning the day because you have, you know who the damn quarterback is. There's no question about it. So uh, that's the biggest thing that I've seen. I've obviously more uh, explosive pass plays, does seem like the defense is still getting theirs as well, but uh, overall, my biggest takeaway is relief and uh, excitement and just gratitude uh, that we don't have to go through this quarterback scoreboard bullcrap uh, that has been going on in Denver for six, seven years with no win options. 
I think uh, just the explosive plays, the aggressiveness is one. It's, I think, big, not death by inches. You know, I think is, uh, it's, I, I was here before, I wasn't here during the death by inches comment, but that's kind of what it turned into. This isn't what we're going to do. I don't know how it even came, but it was rather than trying to eke your way down the field, if we can get down the field one play, we're gonna. Mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll work our way back. So it's the explosive plays that you've seen, the long throws, uh, which is gets everybody excited. You know, if I've got a chance, if if my upside is okay, I'm gonna catch a three yard hitch and then get walloped by three defenders, I'm not so excited as a receiver. Okay, I'm gonna run a slant and try and not get killed by the linebackers. Or if I can extend this play and get behind this guy, I'm gonna go deep and score a touchdown and get 60 yards. It, the whole culture, everything about it has changed. So the aggression from the quarterbacks and the play calling and the receivers is, to me, the biggest difference. And again, that starts with the abilities of the quarterback. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, God, it's such a better place to be than we've been. Uh, so excited about that. Excited for real football to uh, get into it. Uh, Dom asking a question, guys. Uh, who, who's your player that's came out the most in OTA? So anybody who stand, stood out in organized uh what does ota stand for organized i have optional act- in my head stuck so it's not it's, not, it's organized team activities yes it, 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 but i i cannot as organized training what i have the o to me sounds for optional and that's all i end up reading but it is it's organized team activities yeah there you go almost got there i knew it was organized <laughs> um but uh yeah, voluntary versus involuntary OTAs. Uh, but a uh, guy who has stood out so far the most in OTAs, any, anything that you've heard or seen, Scott, or anybody that you want to highlight as far as standing just, out? Just watching and listening, I think one of the guys to watch for sure is you know, Pat Sertan has been getting yeah. a lot of praise. But the other one might be Bradley Chubb, honestly, mm-hmm. is somebody that we're hearing a lot about um, going out there and doing well. Now, we're not there watching every single day. And frankly... If you listen to the coaches, the one time I will say listen to them is say these are about installations and and staying healthy. You're not going to learn a ton about guys when they're in. And frankly, somebody just lost a practice day um, because they were too too, too physical. You're not going to learn a ton about football guys if they're not allowed to hit. So but, you know, the fact that Bradley Chubb is looking healthy and explosive is good news. Um, you know, you, you see a highlight of Albert Okawebe and I'm getting behind guys. I expect to see that this year. He's my sleeper for the season, but you're not going to learn a ton uh, about the team, except again, maybe some schematics and culture again as the big one, uh, how the team is feeling and, and the attitude of the team and who else there. But uh, no, I'm not going to like name a breakout star based on OTAs. Yeah. And uh, I'll go a little bit more under the radar guys who maybe had niche roles last year that have seemingly taken big steps forward. Uh, Jonas Griffith getting the main run as linebacker two. Uh, how often are the Broncos going to run those two stack linebackers uh, stack linebackers, the terminology George Payton used. So I'm going to stick with that one rather than off ball or just linebacker. So stack linebacker, that second level of the defense there. Um, Jonas Griffith has been getting the reps as the number two there next to Josie Jewell. And uh, that gets, that has me excited this year. How often will we have two linebacker sets? We're fixing to find out, but uh, that's one that stands out. And also it seems like uh, PJ Locke has been the safety number three uh, and jumped Caden Stearns in camp so far. Some of that might be that Caden Stearns is going to have enough of a dichotomized role as that dimebacker that they'd rather uh, train PJ Locke filling in for Kareem Jackson when he's had those vet rest days. 
But um, either way, PJ Locke has been getting a lot of looks and uh, somebody to keep an eye on there uh, this offseason. Um, so we have Mark Schrader coming in saying, how did the Facebook Facebook stars look? Um, I don't have access to those. I think I've got access to everything, Chad's, except for, uh, you know, including his like bank account, social security number, but not the Facebook page. So I don't have that one. Uh, Chad will update that one tonight and show everybody. I, I manually keep tabs on the YouTube. So that's how that's how I've got that one is uh, Facebook compiles them, but I don't have back end access on that. I know Mark Schrader is going to be in the top two or three. That much I feel confident about. Yeah, him and uh, George Foster. Definitely some of the uh, the big hitters over there on Facebook. Um, anybody else who has stood out maybe in camp so far? You mentioned Albert Okwebenam. I'm curious to see what his role is going to look like this offseason. Um, seems like he's been used as a big slot a lot, detached from the offensive line. Um, so that's an option as well. Other than that, though, I mean, those seem like the big names. I'm This maybe is terrible, but I'm honestly more interested and intrigued by the defense this year than the offense. Um, maybe it's just because I enjoy defensive scheming and whatnot a little bit more. It's more problem solving and uh, trying to deal with the other team versus the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but really curious to see. There's just it feels like there's more opportunities for different guys to step up on the defensive side of the ball than there are offense, where it seems like a lot of guys are. The pecking order seems pretty set for the most part in a lot of spots. Maybe as far as yeah. personnel stuff, but when it yeah. comes to on the field production. I think we're interested to see what Russell Wilson's going to oh, do with absolutely. his team. I yeah. mean, come on. I'm in the, yeah, I mean, we've been I'm talking about last year. Defense. If only, if only, if only. We've talked yeah. about it. You know, you guys said you've been talking about it for six years. If only the quarterback. But we've got these guys. But the quarterback. But the quarterback. You got the quarterback now. Now I want to see Tim Patrick. I want to see a fully healthy Cortland Sutton. I want to see Jerry Judy live up to this. And I want to see if I'm right about Albert Owebenam being slept on a little bit. And, and frankly... I love physical football. Therefore, I love Javante, uh, Javante Williams. Yeah. Yeah. God, cannot wait to see what he does this season uh, for the Broncos. Um, we also have uh, Roy coming in saying, I'd love to see the Broncos follow the same path as the Avalanche. Yeah, go Avalanche. Hopefully they, uh, I don't know when the Stanley Cup's going to kick off, but it uh, would be awesome to see them bring home some hardware uh, for Denver. You guys deserve it uh, with your frozen stick ball. Not for me. I watched, I watched frozen stick ball once every four years with the Olympics, but other than that, eh, not so much. Um, and we got Ethan coming in saying, can we get a Draymond Jones presser every day? Dude speaks the truth. I love it. Yeah. You and me both, Ethan uh, Draymond seems to be a very articulate uh, individual who does not hold back and has opinions. So uh, I'm for that. Go ahead. Unfortunately, that's how you get to not speak very often in the public anymore. I, I, yep. I kind of used this joke yesterday when I, I guessed with the Chicago Bears and asked a bunch of questions about Justin Fields because Nick and I were both very high on him and we're both very interested in his career arc. And he was answering some questions and I felt like you were expected to see a hand come in from the side. and <laughs> That might happen to Draymond Jones one day, you know, yeah. speaking the truth. You got to learn your cliches. You got to love them. You got to know them. And, you know, being out there and being a little too honest can get you in some trouble. Yeah. That's what we're here for. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I do love Draymond Jones. And I think he could play this season where even though he might be a little bit inflammatory uh, sometimes with his comments, a little bit too, too real. <laughs> um, he might play so well uh, that, uh, you're going to have to put him out there. And uh, Jeremy asked, comes out, say Dre has kind of taken up the Derek Wolf position. Um, definitely a little bit different uh, than Derek Wolf <laughs> on the spectrum of ideas, but uh, definitely somebody who, you know, what is it? NFA or NFW 
NFWU, never F with us, I think is what it was. Derek Wolf had a slogan for, for a while. Um, Derek Wolf's a scary man. I would not, I would not want to meet him in an alley. I'll say that. Um, Derek player coming in saying, I think we're going to trade Bradley Chubb. Uh, what do you think about this, Scott? I think that's probably not going to happen, but I definitely, it's in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. I, unless, unless, you know, Baron Browning all of a sudden turns into the second coming of Von Miller or Nick Benito comes in and, you know, he's Bruce Urban right out of the gates. I don't think you make that move. Um, if, if Bradley Chubb is playing well, you want him this year. You don't want to try and weaken a position. If you think you've got a chance to make a run in the playoffs, you want Bradley Chubb out there. And if he's not, if he's not performing, what are you going to get for him? You're, you're, you're better off, you know, writing out this contract and if, if you can get something for him. But last year you traded Vaughn because your team wasn't going anywhere and you got value for him. And he was playing well early in the season. This year, if he's playing well early in the season, you want to hold on to him unless your team is tanking. And frankly, the only way I can see that happening where you're out of this thing by week eight is with an injury to your quarterback. And I don't wish that on anybody. So that's, that's really the only scenario I can see Bradley Chubb getting moved. Unless, like I said, you see, you see early on Baron Browning or or Nick Benito turn into, you know, LT and and Bruce Urban out there. But again, you want a you want proven guys. This is a playoff team. This is a team that's, you know, I think maybe it wasn't Justin Simmons. I think it may have been Cortland Sutton who, you know, Super Bowl or bust for this team. You're not trading Bradley Chubb if that's your mindset. Yeah. And less things go wrong, but uh, hopefully that's not the case. Um, we got uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here, $20 flashing orange on the screen here. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate that. And a question coming in from Tony, and we're going to start to wrap it up in here, guys. Um, so if you have any supers or questions, make sure you get them in. Uh, but if not, this might be one of the last ones uh, coming in saying, just curious with all the veteran hype that coaches uh, Shermer and Fangio had coming here, why have they not been immediately given new jobs? Um, I can't speak for Shermer, but I do have it on good authority that Fangio had been offered plenty opportunities that he had turned down. Uh, money's not really a big issue right now, uh, given the payout that you get uh, when you're fired as a head coach. And uh, I think he is take, I think Fangio does have a role somewhere where he's kind of a supervisor, the Dom Capers kind of role where he's standing back and he can advise and whatnot, but he's not, a, not the demands of a defensive coordinator. So Vic Fangio is going to be sought after. He's going to be a very highly paid defensive coordinator probably a year from now. Um, his defensive tendencies and philosophies and tenants have taken hold across the NFL. Everybody's trying to mimic what Fangio kind of laid the groundwork for, uh, schematically speaking. So he he's not going to be long uh, outside of a job, and he's still in the framework of the NFL. Um, can't speak for Shermer, but the Fangio will be back soon, and he's going to be paid. And I think the Athletic uh, – recently had an article talking about the Vic Fangio defense. That is phenomenal read. If you want to learn more about this Broncos defense, um, get yourself one of those cheap athletic subscriptions and read that article. Uh, Cause you'll become a, come away a smarter fan and understanding of a lot of the stuff that the Broncos are going to try to do again this year, because every single defensive player that's been put up in the podium has said that the terminology has changed a bit, but essentially we're running the same scheme. Yeah. And this isn't a hundred percent verified you know, by someone that is, local you know mike cliss or espn or somebody like that but the if you do a quick google search on a vic fangio contract it says four years 61 million dollars 35 million guaranteed so even call that 10 a year at 40 at 40 million dollars at his age he doesn't have to go back to work he can he can take his time and pick a spot that he wants to which if he wanted to be in the business right now he would be he'd be a coach somewhere um but it's got to be the right fit for him and his ego you know, to, to go in and, 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 and 
take a new job. Will he be a head coach again right away? No, he, he won't be. Uh, but could he be hired as a defensive coordinator or a consultant or something like that? Absolutely. That's That would be up to him. He'd, he'd be hired in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy's saying uh, Vic's making meatballs somewhere. Um, he made Colin... plenty of meatballs in Denver, I tell you that. Yeah, God, Ugh, it was didn't work out great for him. I feel I do feel a little for I him mean, because finan- I mean, financially speaking, oh, he's set for, he's, yeah. he, he, him and his family never have to work again ever. Yep, kind of hard for a workaholic. I don't feel too bad for the I don't feel too bad for the head guys of, of big time college football programs or NFL gigs. One contract, they're set for life. Yep, and then some. Yeah. Yep, high demand. You kind of know what you're getting. Hired to be fired. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the reality of it. And Nathaniel Hackett probably one day will be fired too. Um, because that's just how it is. Um, but uh, Colin saying Vic is taking some time off, take a Dale Carnegie course. Um, is, is that a cooking course? Carnegie, Carnegie Hall? I don't know. <laughs> that's over my head, Colin. And uh, public schools. Same. Um, but uh, we have uh, <laughs> Dale coming in here saying, uh, thank you, Broncos country. This is usually, this as usual was a fantastic discussion. And thank you, Nick and Scott, for what you do. Dale, thinking about you, uh, make sure you're tuning in tonight as well as Scott said. Um, really, really sorry to hear about the passing of your wife. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, so thinking about you, you'll be in my thoughts uh, today and uh, this week as well. Got a lot going on in my world as well, but um, we'll uh, hope you're doing well, Dale, as well as anybody can do. I don't know what to say in this situation. <laughs> uh, sucks, man. It's Dale really Carnegie, sucks. this must be it, Mark. Thank you. How to, how to win friends and influence people. No wonder I haven't heard of him. <laughs> and he hits it out of the park. No, uh, th- uh, thank you so much, Mark, for uh, educating us on that. And a uh, good call there. Good reference. Um, guys, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet check out the gear over at huddleuppod.com uh the hats are there the caricatures are there i think you were there last night luke's pressing for to get a caricature as well as just the football priest there but uh we'll see if anything comes out with the other shows as well um we have uh make sure you're following us at facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod if you haven't done so yet find us on apple Podcasts. go scroll down to the huddle up shows leave us a five-star rating and review and uh as we always like to say make sure you are liking, subscribing, and sharing over on YouTube. It's the number one thing you can do besides what Ethan's doing here, coming and contributing with 50 or or 50 pounds saying a great show, gents in Broncos country. Have a great weekend. All prayers to you, Dale. Yeah. Double on that one. And uh, hashtag BFB hashtag the closer. Thank you so much, Ethan. You are definitely uh, the closer in here. Yep. Thank you. We're, we're here because of, because of y'all the, the support that everybody shows and is, is taken to the show. We love you for it. Thank you so much. Um, Nick, it's, it's a, it's an early weekend for me. I got with the summer, I got both kids playing sports tomorrow. So softball tournaments and baseball tournaments start early. I'm looking forward to being outside and someone saying last year about this time, someone looks like Scott just got out of the tanning bed. I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but I live in the South. It's sunny here. Mm-hmm. So probably I won't be redneck, but I'll be redheaded by the time we come back next week. Yeah, and uh, maybe another super here coming in from uh, Jacob. You don't have much to say, but he comes in. Swings that big stick, walks yeah. softly. Absolutely. And uh, Colin saying, you guys need to get your heads out of the stats and the Marvel Universe once in a while. Is this like Revenge of the Nerds going on here? Just nerds. <laughs> a little bit. He, he uh, Colin also complimented me when you 
called up like the Ajax stat or something, and I kind of roll my eye. I just sometimes I think it's, it's it can be paralysis by analysis, and we like as much information as we can, but sometimes your gut is the best barometer there is, and if you overthink it, you can get in the way of your instincts. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to lose that aspect of of why I feel I'm good at the analysis. I don't want to overthink it because a lot of times your your gut instinct is the right one. Yeah, not say I'm not not putting it against. There's more than one way to skin a cat, but for me, honestly, when we start getting too far into the numbers, I I was like I don't I tune it I start tuning it out a little bit. I don't want to know. I don't want it to bias my initial reactions because. Those are, I, I trust my instincts on those. Yeah. Give me the data. I'll comb mm-hmm. through it. Um, not every single data, uh, not every data point is valuable, but uh, you, I think that's part of the being good at the analysis as well as being able to understand and, what and is it, valuable. And what's it's not. also fun to put numbers to your, to, to verify your instincts, you know, Oh, well, Russell Wilson, it's just sure seems like Russell Wilson's greedy. Yeah. Scott, he has the, you know, and then you rip off that stat. I'm like, okay, see, I told you he, that's his first instinct. That's, that's where that's where he goes. And there's people calculating that stuff to prove it. So I, yep. it's very valuable. And, and again, I think that's it's a good way. You know, it's 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 a good partnership that we have here. Yep. And uh, Colin saying amen. Uh, well, sorry, guys, the uh, data and analytics revolution in football is coming um it's it's here and the teams are investing in it especially at the college level the gps data uh you should listen to some of the interviews with uh oh gosh uh, bruce feldman and all the gps stuff they use for training there and all these different uh, metrics that they're gathering on their their own players to uh to increase their performance abilities so it's it's uh it's coming and if you can't talk about it you're going to be a little bit left behind no, I, I I agree. There's it, the, again the science, the data, and all that. It's it's only getting more and more and more, and it it helps. It does absolutely. Yep. And uh, Trevor asking me, Nick, what's the shirt? Uh, Stout Brewing. It looks neat. It's uh, Stoop Stoop Brewing. Um, it's there's in Ballard in Seattle. There are about uh, six or seven breweries that are really all within uh, walking distance, and uh, really a good time, especially in the summer when it's nice. Had a lot of outdoor seating and. Uh, a good beer scene out here in Seattle. Not, uh, not surprising. A lot of, uh, all the IPAs you could ever want to drink. Yeah. So. I was, uh, at the revolution of the beer snobbery. So glad to see that, you know, people aren't, if, if it's your thing, great, but, uh, there's so much better beer out there. Even if I don't drink it, I still appreciate the good, the good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. let's get us out of here, Nick. Yep. And uh, Lawrence says he's late, but, uh, how does the guy, by uh, off the Broncos get split. Um, I think that uh, Pat Bowen's brothers gets like 20% and then the rest of it is like being split between the kids. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I do know that LA missed out like on a billion dollars um, because he didn't buy the team or buy into the team when Bullen offered it him some of it. So uh, that's unfortunate uh, for LA. He's, you know, he's going to cry into his money anyway, I guess. But uh, yep, that's, uh, that's my understanding of it. And uh, thank you so much for coming in late. Guys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Dale, thinking of you. Um, have a good weekend, you guys. Uh, we, I'll see you guys again on Tuesday. And uh, make sure you choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.
College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 